You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Monday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first topic and the guests of the week. In the next 20 minutes or so, we're hearing about the invisible bag, which is a bag that completely disappears in water. And we're chatting with Devana Ng and also Flavien Chosegro, the co-founders of The Invisible Company, who are the brains behind this non-toxic and biodegradable bag. Welcome to the program, Devana and Flavien. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. This is Ivana from Invisible Company. And next to me, we have... Flavian. Nice to meet you guys. Happy to be here on the show. Yes, and for our listeners, we'd love for you to be viewers this afternoon. Do join us today on Facebook, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. And you can see and hear uh, Devana and also Flavian. Uh, so maybe I'll start with you first, Devana. Uh, tell us about your mission at the Invisible Company, which I saw is formerly known as the Distinctive... Yes, correct. Um, we found distinctive action actually last year, about February, during the pandemic. But we are very happy that we are on a journey, we are on board. And this May, um, we changed and rebranded to our company as Invisible Company. So what we are doing is Invisible Bag, which is totally dissolved in water, non-toxic, alternative plastic to replace the conventional one. But this product is just a catalyst, is a vehicle. The ultimate goal and behind this product is a message that we want to bring a positive environmental change to consumers and corporates towards sustainability and sustainable living. It's such a great idea because if we look around us, packaging is the worst. Sometimes you buy a t-shirt, it's packaged with multiple plastic bags. Even when you buy fruits and things like that, it's, it really is this, this well, indestructible thing that, surround, <laughs> that surrounds us. Um, you have designed and, and created the invisible bag. How did you come up with this idea? So actually, this idea was there a couple of years ago. Um, Flavian and I are a couple. And we love hiking a lot, um, especially in the weekend when we have time. At that time, we were both having a job, so we feel stressed. So hiking is one of the best activity ever, right? And it's free. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, and it's beautiful as well in Hong Kong. Yeah, we have exactly. to admit it. And easy to get to as well. Mm. Yes. Correct. And so we started hiking um, about 2017 and 18. But unfortunately, we found a lot of treasures on the mountain, a lot of plastic bottles, packaging that you can even found it back to from 1960s and then left over in the mountain for so many years and decades. And they are still in very good shape. So at that time, we were thinking like, okay, let's start picking up trash. So we called it as a blocking. But more we do is how can we really change it? Because today we pick it up, tomorrow it will be back. So what we could do is we need to step forward and bring a solution. So we started some research in about 2019 and until we found these materials. So we launched Invisobag and the company in 2020. What's your sort of background? Are you guys chemists or sort of biologists? You know, making a plastic bag is sort of, you know, not not something that every day somebody will, will dream of. What's your background then? I think... Um, to step into the um, the the how do we say um, the community of sustainability, it doesn't mean that you have to be a scientist yes. or, or expert of uh, material science. It can be everyone. Yes, it should be everyone. Except I think is everyone can step forward towards the green life and sustainable life, 
And so my background was a marketer. I was working as a skincare and beauty industry. And Flavian was an entrepreneur and also uh, oversee a lot of like uh, startups companies. And most of our jobs at that industry is consumer goods. Mm -hmm. And we know how impactful of a company could bring to consumers with the packaging. And so we, when we had the idea of starting our business, we said to ourselves, it has to be bring a positive change with packaging solutions. Yeah. How, how serious would you say, Flavian, is the plastic problem in Hong Kong? I mean, you hike around and just now you said that there are packaging from 1960s. How, how serious is it? Well, I would say that the problem is not only related to Hong Kong. It's just Hong Kong is the place where we live. So obviously we see it daily. But the problem of packaging is a crisis that is worldwide. There is no boundaries for that. And I think on top of being a problem that people see, uh, on the news or how we say on the uh, different places they could visit. This is a personal problem. Mm. And as long as the community or the people are not aware of what should be done and what solutions is out there, then it's going to keep increasing. We, we have a lot of uh, reports saying that basically the consumption of plastic is going to increase over the next 50 years, which is in a way necessary because plastic is also very helpful. But what we have to change over top is more the behavior of each single company or brands or individual. And that's what we try to do with invisible companies, having that solution, but also trying to educate people on how they should, on their daily life, maybe reduce or be a little bit more conscious. Yeah. Um, and is this a problem that young people seem to be more on board? Are we seeing sort of more young people caring about these things? I'm just thinking um, it's something that my grandma's generation was really, they like to reduce a lot. But then when you saw in mums or the sorry to say but but the boomers generation became you know they they cared less about it but the young people are now on board is that what you're seeing um it's totally correct um actually we had a a, a chit chat with our grandmothers <laughs> and this is exactly what you said and they have the mindset they don't see it the terms of sustainability or sustainable living but when you ask them they said equal with attitude is born like that for them they reduce, reuse. If the socks are broken, if the pants are broken, instead of like going fast fashion, buy a new pants, they repair it first. And this is what we call it sustainable living today. If there is level for food, they would never waste it. They would just pack it and the day after. Eat it after. for like three days after. Yes. And when I told my grandma, you know, maybe it's gone bad. And she's like, there's no, my papa, she says, there's no such thing as bad food. No, no food is bad food. Exactly. <laughs> so they, their mindset is like, no waste yeah. is their sustainable living. And in fact, the generation right now, we have more information to assess. So we know how much waste we create. And this is related to what you asked earlier. Plastic waste is not the biggest uh, or the largest amount of waste that we create every day. The first one, first one is food waste. The second one is paper. But plastic is still talking about 2,000 tons per day, which is equivalent to a 130 double-decker bus, is, is wow. a lot. And so when the younger generation, they're aware of these figures and more information are talking about this. So we have the eco-conscious and trying to switch to some alternatives to replace the single-use plastics. Yeah. Specifically because they are consumers. So at the end, if the new generation knows what is the differences between a good product and a bad product or a greenwashing product or something that is more, I would say, uh, ethical, 
then they will be the one purchasing. So they would interfere with the behavior of the brands, and so they will push forward a better journey towards like sustainability. Absolutely agree. They'll sort of vote with their dollars and choose brands which are more sort of in line with, with, with their thinking. Speaking of single-use plastic, I feel like this has been a buzzword in the past sort of uh, five years. But then because of the pandemic, people are using single-use plastic again because of hygiene reasons and because of brands. So it seems like this trend, people are sort of yo-yoing. How can we change people's mindsets? How can we you know, really change people's habits so that they live more sustainably? Is it down to the consumer or is it really, again, down to companies um, opting out of single-use plastic? One more term is personal. Yeah. We haven't been eating out and takeaway for about two years. And yeah. if we do, we recycle the boxes and, we, own, keep, and yeah. we bring our own. And um, this is no point of going out, taking a takeaway and getting the chopstick again. You have chopstick in the office, you have chopstick at home. This is the only thing that you should reduce. But people still, by the convenience, keep what they used to do for 10 years. And I think this is all about brainstorming to people saying that there is an alternative, there is a way of changing, please change. Yeah. Uh, Devana, what, what, what do you think? I think um, first thing, it has to be go through companies first because companies are the one to give the choices to consumers. In fact, consumer in the market, they can choose, but all those choices are also bought by the companies. So if, let's say, a restaurant only providing sustainable packaging or even restaurant they refuse providing any like cutteries, then consumer will realize that, oh yes, it's time for me to change. Or maybe if the companies or restaurant initiate some uh, scheme that if you bring your own boxes, containers, I can give you discounts yeah. or rewards program, for sure consumer will do it. I think it's all about building and habits. So if you, are willing to make a step towards it today and step by step you will build that habit and you will change it for sure yeah it is about sort of you know building a habit and just changing it day by day um i, I want to say it comes down to money in a way because of the cost um sometimes using single-use plastic is cheaper for the companies um what what, what do you say to that um in fact when you really look at the money cost is more expensive as an initial cost. For example, um, when we see a plastic container, let's say is 50 cents, but a biodegradable might cost you $1 or 1.50 cents. Yes, in, it's more expensive, but what we need to look at is the packaging life. We all know that plastic will stay for decades and will not biodegradable. Uh, it, I mean, in, eventually it will. To microplastics. Yes, yes, it will break down into microplastic and then stay in our environment for years. But those biodegradable packaging or alternative solutions, they really shorten the packaging life and they might not turn into microplastic for some of the materials. So in long run, we don't cheaper. go through the yeah. it's cheaper. <laughs> we don't go through the waste management. It's not going to harmful to our next generation. So as a company, you need to see it. Is it the money driven, or is it a mission driven? So we need to look at different ways for short term or the long term. We will engage the company and the individuals, consumers. We need to look at the long run because we still have our next generation living on the planet, not only us.
Absolutely. You work with a lot of different companies. What are some of their questions when you tell them about the invisible bag? You know, this is a biodegradable bag. It, it dissolves in water above, you know, a certain temperature. What's their sort of reaction? I think first reaction that we receive quite a lot is like people are quite amazed about it. First, they are very happy that in Hong Kong... I know you have it with you as well. Yeah, if you hold it up, I really want our listeners to hop onto Facebook. So Uh, um, we have different packaging with most of... um, most of the packaging that we sell it online or co- uh, to companies is a transparent uh, packaging uh, poly bag to replace, for example, fashion uh, packaging that is kind of unavoidable. Exactly. It's just one, you know, uh, one one shirt and it gives you like a like, yeah, really thick bit of plastic. You just don't use it again. Except and nowadays e-commerce is so popular and you can't avoid those mailer bags. And so we provide uh, mailer bags that is totally no PP, PE, PS, PVC or these kind of conventional plastics. Yeah. And so we give brands to uh, access to this material easily online. So you don't have to go through a big quantity that as SME might not be able to assess it. So we start from 100 pieces or 200 pieces. So if you want to make like sustainability or sustainable living accessible, it has to be for everyone. Mm-hmm. So this is what we're trying to do with our products. But come to a question that most of the um, companies, apart from very happy and amazed about it, of course, there's always people would love to know more or see what is really left behind or is that really truly sustainable? And we, as a company, we give full transparency and give only information that is true. And so we want to let people know that if you want to access to green products and you give it to your consumer, it has to be like true. So um, companies, apart from the cost, they will also ask a lot of technical size. Oh, uh, how can I dissolve it? And after dissolve it, what's left in the water? What about if I don't dissolve it, might not be everyone doing the same. If I reuse it and as a trash bag for dry items, like say tissue or papers, going to the landfill, would it be truly biodegradable? Yes, it will. Uh, we have all those certificates to, to, to support it. And the most important thing is, apart from the products, is to create a community for the companies. Yeah. How long does it take for it to biodegrade? In the landfill. Yeah, in the landfill. Landfill, the latest report we have is, uh, for example, for this one, which is the one we use commonly for the garment bags, uh, for the t-shirts, it's 95% after three months in the landfill conditions. Oh, wow. That's quite fast. It it is surprising fast, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, Comparing with some of the materials or alternative out there, um, it it might be only a couple percentage after a few months, after few years. months or years it depends on the materials so when we have this report to support the brands and also consumers is really good because we hope that these can be a trash bag for people to replace some garbage like a conventional garbage bag as well absolutely um i also know that you do uh, dog poop bags as well which yeah. is oh yes you bought some <laughs> Bought someone, um, and and they also assume the same that they, they biodegrade in about three months time. Yes, um, in Hong Kong, I know a lot of people are pet lovers and dog lover. We are the same. We are cat lover, and oh, I love cats. Yeah, yes. I love cats. And 
Um, unfortunately, um, I know that some people already using tissue paper and newspaper. Keep going to to that to that way. Um, don't switch to any other materials. But if you're using like looking for conveniency and already using some like plastic to pick up the poo poo, we have some alternative because in Hong Kong actually. Uh, we have just uh, a data. We have over like two hundred thousand dogs in Hong Kong. Imagine every dog poo and Twice. is a organic. Twice a day, yeah. Is a organic waste, but you use a plastic bag to pick up the p- organic waste, which is defecting the purposes and send it to the landfill. Because in Hong Kong, there is no composting facilities yeah. to handle the pet waste. So is 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 a is a conflict for us it's kind of like a contradiction so today our our pool bag is totally landfill biodegradable no microplastic it might not be the 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 perfect solution for every situation or scenario but at least it's an alternative for people to choose what were some of the difficulties or the challenges you found sort of with with your startup was it as you imagine was it more more difficult in fact, um, the COVID have been kind of a blessing uh, for our startup because a lot of people started to get more aware of what we should do for the environment and yeah. how we should get back to the nature and have a little bit more conscious. And people were also home, so they were listening. Yeah. And when we texted them, when we sent them an email, we tried to get in touch with them. It was like a positive feedback. And on and on, it went on there. The challenge that we face is a bit what you said earlier is when it comes to cooperation, the price, the operation, how to change suddenly their workflow in order to adopt an alternative solution and being sure that that alternative solution will fit the purpose. So sometimes we have, I would say, that dissonance between what they really want to do and what they can actually do. And it creates a little bit of a delay. On the other side, um, a lot of SMEs or individual or small uh, business owners they are driven by the passion. They just want to do something. And so as soon as they heard of us, they're just like, okay, let's work together. And since we try to entertain our community, at the end, it's not too difficult because people are aware of the environment and are really in the action of doing something. That's great. It seems like people want to do something. They're just waiting for somebody else to sort of take them by the hand and be like, we can uh, do this. Uh, Devana and Flavian, thank you so much for joining us. I learned so much from you both this afternoon. Can you remind our listeners, have you got a website or social media, Instagram? How can we find out more about you and your work? Yes, first, um, please go to Instagram to search invisible company underscore, then you will find our latest information, but also to learn more you can go to www.invisible-company.com Excellent. Thank you so much for your time and I look forward to more updates and more projects that you're working on in the future. Thank you so much. Sure, thank you.